Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley, and I am so excited to be here with you today. Um, it's It feels, I mean, I just recorded an episode last week, but it feels like it's been so much longer. You know, when you have those weeks where um, they're just so jam-packed that it seems like it's a lot longer than a week. So um, it feels so good to be here and to be just chatting with you today. Um, before I dive into today's topic, I just wanted to share with you something. So I, I had a cool opportunity the other day to meet with another podcast host, and I won't say who now, um, because we're probably going to collaborate. And so I will tell you more um, about this meeting later. But it was really fun. We just met for a virtual coffee to get to know each other to see if there was, you know, a, a way that we could collaborate and potentially I could be a guest on her podcast. She could be a guest on my podcast. And we were having a great time and we were talking and she asked me what my goal is with every single episode of the podcast. And it was such an interesting question because obviously I've spent so much time thinking about what I want this podcast to be and how I, how I wanted to help you and all of those kinds of things. But I, I guess I just had never thought of it in that exact way of like what the goal is for each episode. And it was one of those situations where someone asks you a question and the initial reaction is like a little bit of surprise just because I wasn't expecting the question, but I immediately knew the answer. And um, it felt good to know the answer. And so I wanted to share that with you because when she asked me, what the goal or what the purpose is of every episode, it instantly came to me. Like it was very crystal clear in my mind that I hope that every single episode of this podcast leaves you inspired or excited or empowered to take the next step towards your goals, towards your dreams, towards everything that you want. And every time I sit down here with my microphone and I press record, that is my goal. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm like, how can I potentially share something with even just one person that will help them do something they're excited about or do something that will change their life, do something that will level you up um, or move you in the direction of where you want to go? So I hope that is what this podcast has been for you so far um, and what it continues to be for you. And I would love to hear from you. If you want to find me on Instagram, Ashley Young Music Studio, and um, let me know if that's happened. If you've listened to any of the episodes and maybe you have felt that, I would love to know which ones. Um, if you're not feeling that, I would also like to know that too, because I'm going to have to adjust my strategy a little bit um, to make sure that that is the case. So today, I want to talk to you about this game-changing hack that I use all the time to crush goals. Okay. And it's something that I've been doing in my life for a really long time. And it's something that I do with my clients, um, my business coaching clients. It, I mean, also piano clients as well. I mean, it's, it works really well for really any goal. And of course here today, I'm talking more specifically about like revenue goals or goals to grow your business or goals to expand any sort of goal, um, in your business. This can be a hugely game changing hack. So 
I'm going to share the hack with you and then I'm going to give you kind of like a little step by step or some pointers on how to implement the hack and how to make sure that you're successful with it. And then I'm also going to give you some examples of my life um, or I should say my, my business life and how I've used this hack to help me get towards my goals. Um, and hopefully between the combination of all of those things, uh, it's going to be helpful for you and you can take this hack forward and start implementing it in your life as well. So the hack is to uh, keep your end goal in mind anytime you need to make a decision. Okay. And it might sound overly simple when I share it with you um, because it doesn't sound like it's that mind blowing of a thing, but I find that most people don't do this. Uh, most people don't do this at all. Um, nothing remotely close to it because a lot of people get stuck not even knowing necessarily what the end goal is. And then if they do know what the end goal is, they'll get really sidetracked by all of the little micro decisions you have to make to reach the goal and kind of inadvertently sidetrack themselves or get themselves off track from that goal with all of the decisions that need to be made in order to get to that goal. So um, I don't know about you, but if you're like me, then decision fatigue is real. And I used to be the kind of person that I just, I would get really anxious about all sorts of decisions. All, you know, a lot of decisions, especially in my business felt like really, really big decisions where, you know, I would kind of hold them up and be like, okay, you know, there's like a right choice and a wrong choice. And how do I know which one is the right choice? How do I make sure that I'm making the right choice? Um, you know, enter like the dooms music and stuff like that. But when I started to trust myself a little bit more and gain clarity on my goals and use that as the final check of if my choice is the right choice, it becomes so, it became so much easier, so much more simple, so much more clear. So the first thing to keep in mind when you want to use this hack is you have to know the end goal, right? You have to know where you want to take your business and what you want your business to be. And as I've talked about in other episodes, I always encourage people to dream big. Like, do not limit yourself. Um, try not to let those voices creep in that tell you like, oh, that's not really realistic or, oh, you know, like piano teachers can only make this amount of money or can only really work these hours. Don't impose those limiting beliefs on your goals. Think about what you want your goals to be. I like to, um, I mean, I do this all the time. I'm thinking about my goals, but I'm a, I'm a journaler. And so I will often journal about it. Um, and you have to know what they are. And then you want to keep them very clearly front and center of your memory, of your mind, of your daily routine. And so for me, I actually journal every morning for about 10 or 15 minutes. And I'm often journaling about my, my goals. Like what, what does my life look like in 10 years? What does my life look like in five years? What does my life look like after I reach this goal? What does my life look like next year? And I'm talking in those journal, um, prompts, not so much. I mean, sometimes I am journaling about specifics of like, it's going to be this, this exact number of people that sign up or this exact amount of money that I'm going to make there. There are specific things like that, but more so the journaling is about how I'm going to feel right? How am I going to feel when I reach this goal? How am I going to feel in 10 years after X, Y, and Z has happened and I'm doing this with my life? And that helps me keep all of my goals front and center. I also have pictures of my goals, right? Like I have pictures 
on a vision board, which I, I if, <laughs> if me five years ago would have heard me now saying that I have a vision board, I probably would have laughed a little bit because that was something I didn't used to be into, but it's really changed the way I think about my goals. I have them, like I have little um, words posted all over my, my office, my studio that like reminded me of what my goals are. And I have a vision board in my room and I have things on my fridge and I have things on my bulletin board that just are reminding me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Being an entrepreneur, as you know, is not an easy ride all the time, right? Like I love it. I, I think there's so much freedom that comes with it and I would not rather be doing any other thing than what I'm doing, but there's little ups and downs. And sometimes it can feel like a roller coaster and keeping the goals front and center really helps helps me to stay grounded. It helps me to remember why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it also helps me not forget where I'm going. And so when I keep the goals front and center, it allows me to use those goals and work backwards whenever there is a choice that needs to be made. So I'll give you some examples of what I'm talking about. So um, a, re a very recent one that I made, and I mean, this is recent, like within the last few months, I've been, well, I guess it's taken me about a whole year to do this, but about a year ago, I thought it would be, I, I felt in my heart that I didn't, I knew there would be a time when I didn't want to be spending as much time teaching one-on-one -on -one private piano lessons. And I love teaching. I love teaching. I love helping people reach their goals. I love helping people become better, better piano players. But I just felt like I wasn't, I was maxed out on how much money I could make. I was maxed out on my energy levels and on my hours. Like I didn't want to be working so much. And I knew that in order to eventually not be teaching one-on-ones, it was actually going to have to take a lot of mini decisions along the way, right? It's not like one day I would just be like, oh, okay, now I'm making enough money on this side gig that I can get rid of all my students. That didn't really feel realistic. And so I started to imagine what it would look like to give myself like five years to accomplish that goal or one year to accomplish that goal. And what kind of mini decisions would I have to make along the way? And so for me, what that looked like is I was like, okay, I'm going to set a deadline for myself of June of 2023, where I'm going to not have any more one-on-one -on -one students or a more realistic goal is that I'm only really going to be working one-on-one -on -one with the students that I can't let go of because I enjoy our relationship so much and I enjoy teaching them so much. Right. And so I started working backwards and saying, okay, well, if that's my deadline or if that's my goal, that means that probably by March, I'm only going to be able to have a few families left. And then probably by January, I'm only really going to be able to have like six families left. And I started kind of crafting out all the different ways I could do this. And basically what I came up with is that from the end of summer and fall of 2022 through June of 2023, I was, I was pretty much going to have to get rid of about one family or one student a month. Okay. And then there were some months where it was two, but it was mostly one a month. And that seemed pretty realistic. That seemed a lot more realistic than just getting to a point where I had fully replaced my income and then all of a sudden let go of, an, of my entire studio. Right. That just felt impossible and didn't seem like something that would ever happen. So I started doing it. And the, the terrifying part is that I didn't always know for sure that I was going to replace the income, right? I, I didn't always have like the actual replacement income or replacement revenue stream for my business when I let go of the students, but I had my end goal in mind. And I was like, I know based on past experience 
that if this is my goal, I have to be able to make those many decisions towards the goal. And also I know from past experience that when I let go of things that aren't serving me anymore, it creates literal and metaphorical space in my life that can be filled with things that I do want. Right. And I knew I didn't want one on one students anymore. And so um, I knew I had to create that actual space in my life. So I started doing it and y'all, I made it. I made it. And it's June of 2023. And I now have one student that I see on a weekly basis who's an adult student that I've been working with forever that I just I love working with him so much. And I, I can't let him go. We, we have such a great time in our lessons. And it really fulfills both of us in many different ways to continue to have that one on one teaching relationship. Now, I also have another student who works, you know, she's like doing a lot of competitions and auditions and things like that. And I don't see her every week, but I see her quite often. And that's the other student that I really get a lot out of. And so I've made an exception for these two students that, you know, in my goal of letting go of one-on-one -on -one clients, I, I realized how much I cared for these people and for this relationship. And so I've decided to keep that going. Um, but other than that, I, I reached the goal and I was able to replace the income and I was able to make it work. Um, and it all, it all was, sorry, it all uh, really worked because I kept that end goal in mind. I knew that I wanted to be in a position where I wasn't working one-on-one -on -one with private clients as my main gig. Okay. And that doesn't mean it was easy. I mean, letting go of students is terrifying. Every single time I did it, I had to overcome like an immense amount of fear about like, what am I doing? I'm turning down money. I'm literally like dismantling something that took me so long to build. And it didn't always, you know, feel like I should do it, but I knew it was the right choice because I knew where I wanted to go. So that's a very recent example. Um, I'll give you a couple of other examples as well. So uh, this was a few months ago. I was doing uh, an enrollment open period for Casual to Confident Piano Player. And um, Casual to Confident for me in the in the grand scheme of my business is newer, right? Because I've only been doing that for the last like year or a little over a year, whereas I've been teaching for my entire adult life. And... <clears throat> When I first started Casual to Confident, I would often meet in Zoom with people for like 15 minutes to answer their questions and to get to know them and to make sure it was a fit and all of that uh, before they would enroll. And I was doing a big event and I was going to open enrollment and I was I was kind of stuck on this decision of like, what should my call to action be? At the end of this event, should I just like tell people, here's the link and you can join on the website? Should I tell people to book a call? Because I know that that has been a really successful way for me to get people interested in the program before. And I couldn't decide. And so I used this hack and I thought to myself, I was like, okay, Ashley in 10 years, Ashley in five years, Ashley in one year, am I spending time in my week, every week on Zoom, on live calls with people answering their questions about casual to confident. And when I looked at it at that end goal of like me in the future, no, I'm not doing that. People are just joining casual to confident through the website. There's FAQs on there and there's enough um, language that will ensure that they're a fit. And there's also, you know, like questions and, and ways that I can have people apply and vet them and make sure it's going to be a good fit before they join, of course, but without me having to actually book a call with them and spend that time on Zoom. And so that made the decision incredibly clear and incredibly easy because I was like, well, you know, in the future, I don't want to be having time in my calendar every single week to be booking these calls for people to join this program. So that means that that's not what I'm going to do now. Right. And, um, 
you know, of course there's fear there. I didn't know that that was the right choice, but it's the choice that leads me where I want to go. And so in that way, it's honoring that part of myself that knows where I want to end up and knows where I want to be. Now, obviously, if I would have been open enrollment and given people the link and nobody joined or a bunch of people asked to book calls, then I would maybe have to question that choice or I would maybe have to take that new information into account. But that's not what happened. I made the choice to just put the link on there and not to book calls and people still joined. And so therefore it cut out an entire step in my process. And if I would have been scared or if I would have, excuse me, I was scared, but if I would have like let the fear guide that decision, versus my future goal or my idea of how I want to run my business in the future, then I would have booked the call. And who I don't think I would have gotten more people to join. I think it would have just taken up more of my time. And ultimately, it wasn't something that I wanted to do. So I would have gone into it with a little bit of like a stagnant or negative energy. So it's it's a tricky thing to do because the fear will always be present, right? The fear is always there, but you can still make the choice that aligns with your future goal. All right, I'm going to share one more with you. So this is an earlier example, and maybe this will resonate for some of you that are um, maybe, you know, teaching students that you're not necessarily in love with or teaching in ways that you're not necessarily in love with. But when I first moved to Oregon, where I live now, I drove to people's houses for lessons. And that was something that I had done in Los Angeles a long time ago. And a lot of why I did that in Los Angeles was, was one, I didn't have a space to teach in. I didn't have my own piano because I was in grad school. And I also thought that's kind of what I had to do in order to get people to sign up for lessons, right? Uh, and so I had done it in LA. And when I moved to Oregon, I, I wanted to make sure that I ran my studio a lot differently than I did in Los Angeles because I ultimately got really burnt out when I was teaching in LA. Um, but again, I kind of thought that I had to drive to people's houses. And so when I first uh, moved here, I was like, the fastest way to get students is going to be to offer to drive to them. Um, and that's what I'll do. And so I advertised and surely enough, I got like four or five students where I was driving to their houses. And after a couple of months, I found myself in the exact same position that I was in when I was in Los Angeles, where I was like, okay, what did I do to myself? I knew coming to Oregon that I did not want to drive to people's houses. Like I knew that I knew that I didn't want to do it, but I was scared. I was scared that if I, I only taught in my home studio that people wouldn't sign up. I was scared that I would get no students. I was scared that I wouldn't make enough money. Like all of those scarcity fears started to creep in. And so I got myself into the exact same situation that I was already in, in Los Angeles. And I found myself being really frustrated with myself because I didn't honor the part of myself that knew that's not what I wanted to do, right? I made the choice based out of fear instead of based on the alignment of what I knew that I wanted for my future self and my future business. And so <clears throat> after a couple of months of doing it, I realized that I was now going to have to do something even harder, which was let go of those students that I was driving to or tell them, I mean, not let go of them, but tell them that they had to come to me or that I wasn't going to be able to continue to drive to them. And that was a really hard thing to do, right? Because it's, it's always harder to make a change or go back on something you said you would do than it is to just start fresh with new, with like your new thing in place. So if I had just advertised originally and said, um, you know, people come to my home studio for lessons. Yeah, sure. Maybe it would have taken me a little bit longer to get those four or five students, but I would have gotten them in a way that felt good to me and served what my end goal was for my business. But instead... 
I went about it the fear-based way. So then I had to send emails and I had to fret over these emails and I had to agonize over like the wording of the emails telling all of these families that I was changing the way I was running my studio and that I was going to only be teaching out of my home studio. And I was terrified to send that email because I was worried that people would quit. And they did right? About half the, I think it was like three families said they couldn't come to my studio and they would have to find a new teacher and two people opted to come. So it was a little bit of a bummer situation because I did lose students over it, but I knew that I had to do it because I knew braced on my previous experience that I was going to burn out and that it wasn't sustainable for me. And so I made that difficult choice with my end goal in mind of wanting to have a home studio where people came to my house for lessons versus me driving to their house. And I love that example because it's, it's a good example that shows you that it's not too late, right? Like if you are currently in a situation where maybe you're not charging as much as you want to charge, or maybe you have ideas for a new studio policy, but you're terrified to implement those ideas because you're worried that people will quit or that people will make a big stink about it. It's not too late. If you want to have a, the kind of business that works for your life and works for the kind of life that you want to create and you want to have, then you have to make the hard choices, right? You have to make the choices based on where you want to go and where you want to end up. And you have to acknowledge the fear that's there and let it be there, but not make choices based out of fear because that's always going to, to put you in positions where you're not honoring the part of yourself um, that knows where you want to end up. So I hope that this has been immensely helpful for you. Um, I urge you to maybe make one choice in the next week based on where you know you want to go. And if you, if you don't know where you want to go, then get clear on that first, right? Start journaling about it, start writing about it, start dreaming about it, get clear on where you want to go, and then use that as your compass every time you need to make a choice. What is the answer based on where I know I want to go, based on my end goal of where I want to end up? Now, when you are hearing this episode, um, we are in June, and I officially have... I had three spots available for business, uh, for private business coaching. And at the time of recording this episode, two of those are still available. There's a few days before this episode is going to air. So it's possible that, um, that one of those, or maybe even both of them will fill up, but I do have three spots available for 10 week coaching packages. And if you're interested in leveling up your studio of really tightening up your studio policy so that you're making more money, you're saving time and you have more energy for your personal life or your creative ideas, this is the business coaching package for you. What we do in this package is we take a look at your teaching philosophy. And a lot of people think that this is not an important step and they will skip over it, but your teaching philosophy is one of like the most underrated assets for your business. I talked about this in a previous episode. Your teaching philosophy is really actually a gold mine of your convictions and what you believe to be true about piano lessons or about music education and about the way that you do that do it versus other people and why you're different. And so your teaching philosophy really has a lot of information about it that your customers need to know and want to know. When your teaching philosophy is done correctly, it also gives you hundreds and hundreds of content ideas for Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or a podcast or whatever kind of content you wanna put out in the world, whatever kind of marketing and messaging in whatever format your teaching philosophy when done well is literally something you can open up and copy paste from and like go deeper on certain sentences. And it's like just a wealth of content right there in that one asset. 
we also level up your studio policy. So most, if you find yourself having like the same conversation over and over again, or you're in situations that are frustrating with families, um, meaning like maybe you keep having to send the same emails or maybe people keep asking for makeup lessons or you don't feel like you're being compensated fairly or people aren't paying you on time. All of those issues are things that can be solved by tightening and leveling up your studio policy. And so we look at that as well. We also at that stage in the coaching package really streamline a lot of the processes in your business so that you're not wasting time and energy like rewriting the same responses to questions or, um, you know, like hand billing all of your students and things like that. And then in the last part of the coaching package, it's really customizable to what your goals are, but we basically work on scaling or growing in whatever way that looks like for you. If that's that you want to re uh, recruit new clients, if that's that you want to grow in the online space, we can really focus on anything. Um, but that last step comes after the streamlining and, you know, solidification of those first two steps. Then you are really set up to grow in whatever way you want. And I help you do that. So if you are interested in one of those private business coaching packages, go ahead and click the link in the show notes. You can check and see if I have any available. It's an apply now button. So you'll apply. And then within 24 hours, you'll hear back from me about if there's availability. Um, and if we can go ahead and, and get you set up with that package. Um, this is the perfect time to do it because you would be wrapping up your 10 weeks of coaching, like right as school is starting. So if you are especially wanting to streamline and set yourself up for fall, which is, you know, the biggest enrollment in period period of the year, now is the perfect time to do that. All right, everybody. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week. I'll talk to you next time and I will see you all soon. Have a great one. Thank you so much for listening. I love connecting with open-minded business owners from all over the world. As you know, a studio policy is one of the most important assets of your business and a good studio policy will save you time and energy. For this reason, I created a free PDF with a list of three ways that you can level up your studio policy right now. To grab the free PDF, head on over to ashleyjyoung.com slash level up and the link is in the show notes as well. Talk to you soon.